Kalimera, Kalispera, Kalinichta, no matter where in this wonderful and weird world you might be, thank you for making the Highbury Squad part of your day once again. It is Friday officially. We made it to another weekend, been dumped out of another cup, but there's still the Premier League to hope for. But really, was losing a blessing in disguise? <laughs> Mind the gap between the train and the platform. Please stand clear of the discussion doors. The next stop is Highbury Squad. Everyone, welcome back to Squad Central. And I am absolutely stoked to be joined by this very special guest, making, I think it's his third appearance now uh, on Highbury Squad, Mr. Pedro, a.k.a. you guys know and love him as LaGrove, the Arsenal opinion. Welcome back. Thank you. Great to, great to be back on the show. Um, wish it was under better circumstances. Yes, indeed. And the reason why we're here, by the way, thanks to everyone who is listening on replay. I'm sure many of you are. There's a football match going on right now, Forest versus Newcastle. Many of you will probably be watching that. And to those listening on our audio platforms, we appreciate you tuning in. Squaddies at ease. I always lose my manners when Super Kev is not here. We have the usual suspects in the house. We have Matty Kay. We have Terence. We have our chief like officer, Tammy. Ugo Kotru's in the house. Um, we've got Guna Rose in the house. Seb is here. Uh, Lone Star is here. Bit his head off yesterday a little bit, Pedro. So, um, you know, Go part of that was your fault. So let's get into it. <laughs> Great. It was, it was just the title alone that I've put out tonight. You know, I am not one that sits here and plots and plans headings for shows that are going to draw people in for any reason, right? I don't, that's not how I operate. But I genuinely, uh, I wanted the, the question asked. And the, you know, if Arsenal fail to win the Premier League, you know, are they botching? Uh, has got people riled up already before we've even started talking. So let's start the conversation with where we were yesterday on Twitter, you and I, Pedro, um, I was really surprised that you felt that losing last night was a blessing. And I understand why the gaps in between games and the march for the Premier League, it's been 20 years. Is that how you really feel? And do you only feel that way because it's been 20 years since we've won the Premier League? I, I feel this way because Arsenal are ahead of schedule. Um, being in contention for the Premier League with 11 games to go, with the youngest team in the Premier League, is absolutely exceptional. This is better than what Leicester City did. Um, you know, we're playing the best football in Europe. Um, I don't feel that we've been lucky in any way this season. We've managed big injuries. Um, we've managed some horrible decisions. You know, you think back to uh, Lee Mason alone has been so bad against Arsenal, we managed to get fired. Um, that's the first referee in living memory that I can remember getting fired. Um, I think the spirit around the club has been immense. Everything is driving towards a Premier League win. Um, so the the fact that we're ahead of schedule, the fact that there's a chance against all of this money that's in world football um, means that that is the priority. Like the mm. uh, like, we shouldn't be in this position at this stage of of the project. I think. 
even Arteta has come out and said, like, we're ahead of schedule. So all the focus right now should be on winning the league. You know, if, if we'd beaten Sporting, you know, okay, sure. You know, like, you're never going to refuse a, a cup run. But in the cold light of day, us being out of the Europa League is the is the absolute best thing that could have happened to us um, if we want to win the league this year because we don't have a squad that's robust enough to manage three games a week at the moment. And I think that kind of told in the first 20 minutes last night. Right. I've, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. And I find the juxtaposition to some of the narratives very interesting. So, for example, we've gotten this far with the youngest team in the Premier League. Let's pat ourselves on the back. We've got 11 games to go. How far can we get with this young team, with them having to play in another competition? You know, Mikel Arteta doesn't have a deep squad. Last week, we're raving about the bench and how much better it's looking. And, you know, we've got options. And since Trossard and Jorginho have come, they've added a little bit of a different dimension to it. If you want to win titles, right, you've got to be able to play multiple competitions. The squad depth thing has been a conversation for years and years. And I feel like it's becoming a little bit of a crutch, uh, Pedro, because we were in the tw- we were in the Champions League with Arsene Wenger for 21 years, right? And that didn't get us anywhere. We got kicked out of that every year. And what did that do for us in the Premier League? Help me understand that thinking. When we've been in a competition for so long, we got to one final. Impossible to get back, as we've seen how hard it is. But what did that do for us in the Premier League after the last time we won? the title yeah the the biggest failure of Arsene Wenger's career is being one of the most consistent managers to get into the Champions League but never having the tactical now or the squad depth to compete in the Champions League uh but w- we should also remember being in the Champions League um and in the Premier League and sometimes cup competitions also cost us um you know Arsene Wenger wasn't the best at squad management you know he, he didn't even really understand that there was correlation between overplaying players and injury for years. You know, he, he was blaming hair pills for the injuries that we'd get. So we, we, we have witnessed what happens when you play the, the same team over and over again um, under, under Arsene Wenger. Uh, I, I think, I think the, the difference between what we're witnessing right now and what Wenger had is like Wenger had some peak teams. You know, he, he had the 1998 team that was playing some of the best football in Europe. He had the Invincibles and it still didn't work. In fact, it took it took until the, he started breaking down the Invincibles for us to make um, a Champions League final. Um, this is this is slightly different. You've got a lot of young players that haven't experienced the grueling nature of a Premier League season. Um, we've had, I, I know that it's not totally luck to not have big injuries during a season. But you've heard Eric Ten Hag make comments about how many players we've had available this season. Things have been rolling our way. Thomas Partey hasn't been injured much this season. I think he's missed 17% of the games. Um, and although the squad has a little bit more depth, we really do have like certain players that are very special that can't be replaced. We don't have the capability of replacing what Thomas Partey does in midfield because of his athleticism. Um, we don't have a deep bench when it comes to centre-backs. You know, you lose William Saliba, I feel like we're in trouble. You use Gabriel, um, we're in trouble. Even Zinchenko um, dropping out of the side. You know, we saw earlier on in the season, it's going to be problematic. 
at this stage of the season, it's like, how can we preserve um, the fitness of our players? How can we give them the longest runway possible going into each game? Because don't underestimate what the difference between having three days to prepare for a game and having six um, will look like mm -hmm. on the pitch. And also the, the other, uh, you know, the other thing that we should hold in our heads at the same time, Manchester City have looked weak this season compared to where they've been last year. Um, their, their focus is probably going to be on the Champions League. If you, I, I wrote about this earlier on the Grove. Arsenal turned up at the weekend and put in one of the best performances of the season. The first half was the best performance of the season from a, a visual uh, perspective. Manchester City showed up to a Crystal Palace that haven't had a shot on target in three games and they needed a late penalty to win the game. What happened in the game after? They played Leipzig in the Champions League and they put on their best performance of the season. So priorities start to shift um, regardless of whether Arteta or you or I insist that one trophy is more important than mm -hmm. another. Things start to shift in the players' heads. And my suspicion is if Arsenal win this Sunday, Manchester City players will start to think about the Champions League as the best opportunity for them winning something this year. And my other suspicion is six midweek games compared to our one is going to take its toll on Manchester City. We've already heard Pep Guardiola complaining about trips to London, fatigue in the squad, and we've seen it in performance. I totally understand what you're saying about the, the, the goals shifting, right? Just like with any project, um, you can start off a project, you know, with objectives, a strategic direction, and it will, it will, you know, change. Um, I, I just feel like as, as a club, you know, when you look at, for example, um, right now, Manchester United. Okay. Actually, let me rewind a second because success for me is measured on winning trophies. Uh, do you, is that for you as well? Success. Is it a failure? Yeah, Will it be a failure? Will it be a failure this year if we don't win anything considering the season that we've had? For you. I don't think it will be a failure. I don't. I don't think this season will represent a failure, regardless of how it uh, finishes. And you know, I I know that there will be a narrative that will run through the Arsenal fan base. That if we don't win the Premier League, people will call it a bottle job. But I think the way that we position this club this season, getting back into the Champions League, making a statement to Europe, and making Arsenal an attractive proposition for transfers this summer, will be an ultimate success. This is the start of a, a of a dynasty, not not the end. I, I, I believe it, it. I think it started last season. And last season, what we saw was a young team failing mentally at the last hurdle. Now, it was around this time last season where Brighton, Southampton, Crystal Palace, Newcastle, all those games were, you know, coming up for us, uh, Pedro. Um, and mentally, I don't, mentally, I think we've overcome a lot of obstacles this season. And to overcome what happened last year and have the season that we're having is insane. From a mental point of view, right now, I think it's been a huge success. However, the training wheels at some point with this team have to come off, right? So Alex Ferguson was laughed at when he said he, you know, when he, in 92, he won a title with kids those kids were surrounded by very good senior players. I believe now we have 
very good senior players, even though some of them are still young. Zinchenko, Gabriel Jesus is still young. You've got the elder statesman in Xhaka. You've got Partey. You've got Jorginho now. You've got Trossard. So I think at some point, the training wheels have to come off. It's three point something years, right? And this isn't me attacking the manager or the team. Last night, I defended them and I was actually cross with our own fans because I just don't understand. If you want to build a dynasty, Pedro, and you want to do all these things that you're saying, you can't do it by almost getting there and almost winning. In order for Arsenal's culture to truly evolve and change and be this complete Arsenal 2.0, this team needs to know what it's like to win together. Now, if we do that with the Premier League this season, amazing. What a stepping stone for this club to move forward. But if we don't, then that little kind of, we can't get it over the line, Dan Marino type thing starts seeping in. Because I guarantee you, that Mikel Arteta didn't think losing last night was a blessing in disguise. He's now got to pick these players up off the floor, right? Because they're professionals. They want to win. And even though their minds might be elsewhere, losing going into a game against Crystal Palace, who just sacked Patrick Vieira, isn't an easy task any day of the week. So for fans to kind of think it's losing is a blessing in disguise, I don't understand that from a mental point of view, particularly for a young team and a young manager. I think if Mikel Arteta had really wanted to win the game yesterday, he wouldn't have made that many changes. By making that many changes... Are you are you suggesting that he didn't care about the game, like to win it? Like he made that many changes because... it Was it like the FA Cup against Forest? I really don't care. I, I just need I, to get back into Europe. So every year the milestone changes. I, I don't think I don't think it's a case of not caring, but I definitely think in elite level football, prioritization happens. And I think Arteta is will understand the data uh, of you know how his players are doing at the moment. Like they'll be looking at the numbers, who's stretched, who's got tweaks, um, who's struggling a little bit. It, where's the mental fatigue in the squad? And I think that maybe Mikel Arteta two seasons ago, would have fielded a strong first team for that game. He didn't yesterday. He played Reese Nelson. Um, you know, he played Fabio Vieira. But Reese uh, Nelson just scored a last gasp winner and now he's not good enough to start in a Europa League game against he, he won't Sporting get Lisbon at the Emirates. He won't get a new deal at Arsenal. He's I, not I don't care it. whether he gets a new deal or not. I'm happy he's, he scored that he, goal. But we again, we're moving the goalposts. If you, if you want to win, if you really, really want to win that sporting game, you roll with the first team and you take the narrative you've taken all season. Big players play 60 games a season. Get on with it. But he didn't. And I think that that kind of sent a little message to the to the squad um, that the, the Premier League is the priority. And I think deep down, everybody knows the Premier League is the priority to be in the position that we're in, even the players. You know, you've got experienced heads in there. Like, they don't care about winning uh, a Europa League. They care about winning the Premier League. So I don't, I don't, I, I don't think that this is a, you know, we have the training wheels are off and I think what we're seeing at the moment is Arsenal going for the Premier League. That is that is the peak of this project. That's all we've wanted to be competitive. We're leading the Premier League with 11 games to go. 
And I think Arteta subconsciously, or like, I, I would suspect consciously, like that's a ruthless guy. I think that he will be a little bit relieved to not be in the Europa League because it gives him time on the training ground where he thrives, gives his boys a chance to rest. Um, and he knows that Manchester City are creaking at the moment because everybody can see it on the pitch. And if he can get over the line on Sunday, which is a big if now, because I don't it's, I don't think Mikel Arteta wanted to go to 120 minutes. If we win on Sunday, it's game on. It's advantage Arsenal. Like it's, you know, the only, the only sort of problem with that now is that Patrick Vieira is gone and it's like, there's not going to be a new manager bounce by, by design, but we just got to hope that those players are like, I just want to get to a week off. Yeah, we're lucky the game's at home. Can, if last night was the Champions League, I'm taking you back to the Wenger time, but moving, shifting it to Arteta. If last night was the Champions League, would you, would we have had the same exchange on Twitter? Would you have felt the same way? Would you be relieved and this is a blessing in disguise. I think there's so much snobbery in our fan base when it comes to the League Cup, the FA Cup now, and Europa League. This is an opportunity to win a trophy. Would you have felt the same way if it was the Champions League? If it was the Champions League, we'd have a Champions League squad. So this time next season... Based on history, because we haven't had a Champions League squad for years and years. I think I think based on what we've seen from Arteta, we're in the Europa League and we're one of the highest spenders in Europe at the moment. Um, we went big in January. Um, you know, we nearly spent 100 million in January to get the league over the line. Um, if we'd made the Champions League last year, we would have spent even more money. So this time, but, next we, but year, we didn't, and that's the point. Like we, no, no, we 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 didn't because we're not a Champions League club yet. But I think when we've got a Champions League squad, I think we, you know, we're not going to be resting five players because we'll have better quality in midfield. We'll have better options on the wing than Reese Nelson, and uh, you know, we'll be able to absorb the shock of of Champions League. But I still, I still think that you, you have to look back to Liverpool last year, it, in it for four trophies, and then they end up with two cups. Yeah, but they had won so much before that. You know, they waited thirty years, we wait twenty. But they've been in how many Champions League finals? They finally won the League Cup. They won the Champions League, and they won the Premier League. So going for the quadruple was just the end of this insane team. But going right. for the quadruple cost them the two prizes that really matter to Klopp. Like he's not gonna, he's not gonna that 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 League Cup. Did it FA cost Cup. them, or did did just not you know not a point in the Premier League? Like they they missed one of those titles by a ball crossing the line by a miller breath, right? But to, but to these these managers, to these players, all that matters is Premier League. And Champions League. Pep Guardiola's so, not like that. He wants to win everything. And and uh, Arteta comes from Pep's school of thought. L L I think Arteta, right, has done a phenomenal job. I was wrong about him. Okay. I would like to be a hundred gazillion percent wrong about him because I hope that he's going to win the Premier League title. But Everyone says Pep goes for everything because he has a big squad and he can do that. No, he's addicted to winning. He's completely addicted to winning. So I, I think that he, whether or not 
he's managing Borough United or City, that dude wants to win every week. I think Mikel Arteta has been a bit disrespectful to the domestic cup competitions. And now we've blown a great opportunity in Europa League. And there's still 11 games to go with the Premier League. There's still so much that can happen. And I, I just think that at some point, right, and you've been the manager now and the club knows for three plus years, you need to be prepared. If you want to wear big boy pants and be Liverpool and City and Chelsea, you've got to be able to cope with this part of the season. This is the critical part of the season. And you can't think that we can't play multiple competitions as Arsenal Football Club. I just don't get that. I think you've got to be... I think Mikel Arteta is ruthless. He's a winner. Uh, he's changed the culture of the club. He's doing things with the youngest... When, when you say he's a winner, what do you mean by that? He's won an FA Cup and he won at City with Pep being the mastermind. He's a, when you say he's a winner, what does that mean? That means that he is a winner all cost guy. He's a he's a zero sum guy. He's very transactional. He will do whatever it takes. To he wasn't speak. last night, right? Because you said that maybe he he changed the team um, with a with a mindset of, you know, it's I'm because because he's running he's, he's running calculations. All managers do it. He's a pragmatist at core, and it like going for going for every trophy when you know that you don't have the squad. To go for all of for all of those games, that isn't that isn't a smart way to manage. If we ended the season and we, you know we go out at the semi final of the Europa League, we break three players along the way, our our league challenge stumbles. Arsenal fans would have something to say about that. One hundred percent. You've got a you have to if you've got a once in a, a lifetime it like and it is a once in a lot of people's lifetimes, right? For the last time that we won the but Premier what, League, that's Leicester so, City once in a lifetime. This is Arsenal Football Club. No, I, d I don't think you can say this is like th this is Arsenal Football Club. Like, what is our what is our reality right now? We've got the youngest team in the Premier League. I don't think I, like I, you have to you have to frame it through that lens. The youngest team in the league. They've never gone on a title push like this, and we have to make decisions. So we tried to rotate last night. The squad isn't good enough to beat Sporting. Like that that's our reality at the moment. Manchester City have a bigger, better squad. But we're at the top it, of the best league in the world. So the, the best league in the world. How are we not? I, I, I just feel like it's convenient for us to say that when it's it it's 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 an easy argument, right? Like that we're young for this, but we're mature enough for that. Or we our our squad is too thin for this, but we're okay for that. A little bit like I was saying at the at the top of the show. I think it's 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 uh it's walk before you can run. We like we've have we got a, have we got thirteen or you know fourteen or fifteen players good enough to sustain a title challenge without injury? Yes, because we're sustaining it right now. Have we got a squad good enough to sustain a European Cup run um, in the Europa League at the same time as the Premier League? We just saw it last night. We don't. We don't have the ability to, to to manage that at the moment. Manchester City have a much bigger squad than us. They spend much more money than us. They have a lot more experience. It's not the same. So you've got to make a decision. Arteta tried to rotate last night. I'm sure he wanted to win, but he didn't. And that that is a that that's that's where we are squad wise at the moment. I don't think that's a reflection on the manager. I think that's just a reflection of of where we are at the moment. It doesn't matter what our reputation as a club has been or is. 
our reputation over the last 15 years is we're not good enough. And now we are. So the the I the difference between six midweek gate uh, six midweek games and one, we're about to see whether Manchester City can handle it. We're about to see if um Manchester City uh are are good enough to manage that and my suspicion is maybe they won't be Pep Guardiola has already complained about the amount of travel his team has had to do um this season Manchester City haven't been good in away games they haven't been able to capitalize on our bad February like they're struggling so the the idea that we should just stay in every competition and just flog our players um I don't think it's not it's not in every comp I mean look the League Cup went a while ago the FA Cup um you know is gone it's an opportunity. If this was last year, everyone would be completely up in arms about the fact that we lost and maybe we managed the game the way we did, maybe subs too late. I think it would be totally different versus, I think, the the not the assumption, right, because it could all still end in tears and hopefully it won't and they'll close the deal and all of these things will happen. Um Manchester City mentally have been here before. So as bad a season as people think they've had, which, by the way, is due to the fact that they have this insane goal scorer who's scoring ridiculous goals that's disrupted the team in some way, but yet they're still where they're, where they're at. My concern is, as a young team, if you lose and you start to lose a game, right, and we've shown we have bounce-back ability, we've shown that we can come back from adversity this season there's no doubt about that but when the spotlight is really on and in this final act it will be i i just think losing may be a tougher job for mikel mentally than it is for pep and city because they've been here before they've done this before and i don't know if you guys know but you know if you look at how they've won the league over the the, the time that they have that last arsenal do not want this going to a last day situation at all with this Manchester City team because we've seen them do what they do best. So for for me, the losing part, Pedro, is the mental side of it, picking yourself up and taking this team forward, which I think is not as easy task as people think it is. Despite all the good things that have been happening, the foundation that has been set, set the owners, you know, acting like they care now, um, Mikel being given the tools and resources. This is three plus years. This is hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. And people want to sit here and say, we can't cope being in two competitions with two months to go at the end of the season. That is not a big club mentality. I don't think it's, I don't think that there's, I don't think you can look at it as like, are we a big club? Aren't we? This is this is a this is a pragmatic uh, issue right now. We've got we've got a young team that have never done this before. We don't have an incredible depth in the squad, and we are we are batting way above our average at the moment. I think everybody can uh, agree with that. If if we'd won last night uh, after the international break, our next game would have been Liverpool. Then we would have played on a Thursday and it would have been Juventus. Then you've got to get ready for another away game on Sunday and it's West Ham. The week after, it's an away day against Juventus. Then it's Southampton at home. Then you've got Manchester City, Chelsea. Then you've got Newcastle. And if we'd qualified, 
it would have been Manchester United after Newcastle away, wedged between Brighton. Like that is a horrible run of games. No, but they need to, to get um, used to this, Pedro, because this is what we want every season. Every season. Figure it out. I, but it's it, you. You saw last night we lost. We lost Saliba. We lost Tomiyasu. That's last football. season. Yeah, I know. But does it? It's not. It, Be like, prepared. De de risk the situation. That's where we are right now. We've got a much better opportunity now. We get to prepare for each game tactically. That's advantage Arsenal. Now players don't have to put their bodies through um, away trips, get on jets, and come back at three o'clock in the morning and have bad sleep. Now everybody's going to be focused on one game. There's no chance of a uh, uh, you know losing against Man United in the semi final. I have to motivate yourself emotionally to do it. Like we are not at a Champions League club level at the moment. We are a club that finished fifth last season. But we want to play Champions League football next season. We are, and we're going to have to learn. But but we but then you bolster for a Champions League squad um, run. You know, we already tried to in January. Like if we some had Arsenal Kaiser... fans think that we could have won the Champions League this season because it's a little weaker. I, I, I mean, think, I with the squad Arsenal, that we have, <laughs> when you're winning, when you're winning, delusion sets into the fan base. I don't. Think I love delusion. I don't very think good Arsenal, at that. <laughs> but you know, if we if we had um, if we had Caicedo in in the side last night, maybe it's a different game. But we but we don't. We will. I have still a think players like that are too young to win you stuff yet. There's another young squad player. You know, we need to bring in a bit more experience. I love all the young players we have. I think we have enough young players now. I would love to see us get, you know, um, a seasoned, like Jorginho, for example. I know that sent people up in arms. But a player like him could play a, a difference in these 11 games. I know that he didn't have a great game last night, but he has been decent since he came. Now, most Arsenal fans wouldn't have chosen Jorginho. Of course we wouldn't. But I think that type of maturity is important for this team to evolve and move forward. Otherwise, Pedro, what I fear is you and I could be having the same conversation season after season. And then what happens then? I, I don't th I, I think that I think the mentality is correct in the squad at the moment. I think that we lack a little bit of athleticism through the middle. I think that Arsenal will go and spend big this summer. We'll buy a young winger um, that can develop with the club, someone with two or three seasons worth of experience will buy uh, a Declan Rice or a Caicedo that could eventually take over from Thomas Partey and rotate in Champions League games. We'll probably buy two new fullbacks. I think Tierney will go, maybe even Tommy Asu. Um, more like and buy a higher level that can come in so that the squad doesn't like feel different. And then the the idea will be grow towards a Champions League. You know, uh, Mikel Arteta will want to win it first year, but I think that the job will be be competitive in the first year and don't fall away in the Premier League. And then, you know, within three seasons, he'll want to have a Champions League medal. But I, I don't I don't think we'll go back in and sign older players. The only reason we signed season vets this window was because we didn't have any choice. Well, I'm happy with uh, Trossard, that's for sure. I think that's I mean, a great he looks signing. amazing. Yeah, he looks incredible. Plays, plays like that, important. Let me read out a few messages, Neil. I'll be, uh, it will be an epic failure given the fact that we've been leading the league for months now. Uh, we must win every single game to be assured of the title. You know, let me ask you this, Pedro. Um, biggest concern with the next 11 games, you know, we've got a game at Anfield where we never really win. I mean, now we have one very, very famous win there, maybe a couple. Um, and we also have to play Manchester City. 
right? Yeah. Now, if we beat Palace, it's eight points. City playing the FA Cup this weekend, they'll have that game in hand. If I think we have to get something out of both those games for insurance. I'm not saying we have to win both, but we can't lose both. Do you agree or disagree with that? I think I think you're right. Don't lose them. Don't lose them is 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 key. Don't give them an opportunity to gain any ground on you. Um, I think, but for me, ugh, you've got to beat Man City. We've got we've got to we like it's it's our they're our, they're the only team that can be a bogey team for us this season. I think we are as as good as them on our day, and I think you win that game like it feels like league title is going to be sewn up. Um, we've got we've got to find something. We're not in the Europa League now. Um, our game against before Manchester City stays on a Friday. We've got plenty of time to prepare for that. We should have a good start in eleven. You've really got to get something. That is our Champions League final this year. That is our Champions mm. League final. But I do uh, and just just going back to Neil's comment earlier, mm -hmm. like. Arsenal fans need to remember where they were. Like, I, I don't like it. I don't like listening to people saying epic failure. Epic failure. Are you kidding me? This season has been an epic success by any standards. There isn't a single chairman, uh, a major club in the world, not looking at what Arteta has done this season, going, that is incredible. Let's see if we can get Arteta in our side. There could be no talk at the end of this season of epic failure. It's an epic success. The fact that people even think that this could be framed as an epic failure is also a success because the standards have jumped. Now think of where we were three seasons ago. Not averaging I, nine shots on target per game. And look at where we are now. Like we are yeah. in good, good shape for the next 10 years. But what does any of it mean if you don't win it? Like I agree in terms of what Neil is, is saying here, having led for months, I don't think, right, that it's a failure of a season or a failure, what I it would be a huge gut rent gut punch. It will be a massive, like you can't recover from it for I don't know how long, right? And mentally, what it could do to this team to miss out on it at this point. Last season, we saw that they were able to come back and fight back, Pedro. Can they do that when there's something much, much bigger on the line? And that's something we'll learn about them. But to miss out after this whole season, I mean, I don't want to deal with the media and the pundits and the memes and all that type of stuff that will come out. I've got myself to think about for crying out loud. Um, but you should also like just just remember, think about uh, Europa League last season. Johnny Cochran on my podcast said Arteta should be sacked after after going out of the Europa League last season. There was a lot of that chatter. We missed out on top four last season. Everybody called it a bottle job. People said that was our best chance ever of getting into the top four. Like football doesn't have to be, uh, uh, you know, a boom or bust. Incremental success is still success. Ultimately, it has to end in a trophy. But like we are at the start of something really special. It's going to get better. The players are going to get more seasoned. And when the average age hits 28, we'll be doing incredible things. But in nothing in football is in sports is guaranteed. We thought we'd get back to the Champions League final with that Wenger team, and we never did. We thought that we would win the league with that team again, and we never did. Nothing is guaranteed, which is why you've got to win now and win what you can now and what's in front of you now. Roger Federer thought he would get another shot at a Grand Slam. Didn't happen right so i just think that 
that type and a few of a few of the listeners have put it in the chat as well pedro and i mentioned it last night when we take the piss out of spurs fans because they gloat about things and they don't win anything some of our fans are starting to sound a little bit like that I remember this time last season when everybody was telling me that Antonio Conte was the most elite manager in football and Arsenal didn't have the guts to hire him. But he is an elite manager. He's just not an elite manager at Tottenham. He's a a dead manager now. He's a dead manager that needs a checkbook to win and he needs to have uh, the odds extremely stacked against him either with money or shenanigans Yeah, but he and Mourinho and those guys come from that ilk, right? Even Pep. But Mikel Arteta is, is, is part of the new breed. And mm-hmm. we, we've uh, Arsenal fans have suffered for the last three years because they can't see further ahead than one season. And we're in like this is this is a project. It will end in a trophy. It it, it wasn't due to end in a trophy this year, a Premier League trophy. So we can't if it doesn't go our way this season, we can't be like this is it. This is a, a young team. They've all signed new deals. We're going to spend two hundred million this summer maybe maybe 250 million when we you know uh, when all is said and done and this will get better and this will end in a trophy it would be ideal this season if we did but like it like i i know that people will lose their heads and they'll start saying that they'll start questioning arteta they'll start questioning the mentality of the players but they'll be wrong they'll be wrong like this this season is a success whatever happens and it will get better and it will end in a champions league No, I think, uh, listen, this is the most fun I've had watching Arsenal in years. I mean, it is, even in the games where it gets a little squeaky bum, I find myself, um, you know, uh, still enjoying them. It's it's like, you know, but there's still a little PTSD, you know, hands up. Hi, my name's Sophie. I'm an Arsenal fan and I fear the worst for the rest of the season. There, I said it out loud. But you've got... um... Like we've gone from apathy to to being hopeful, and now we're at the stage where we're going to be disappointed if we don't win the Premier League. And I I know that people don't want to hear it, but for for me to to have the butterflies in my stomach before every game, eleven games to go, eleven games to go, and I'm still dreaming of a Premier League. I honestly, di- I, I like I, I knew that when Arteta came, he'd be a he'd be a special manager. But I didn't think it would come this soon. For us to be dreaming of a Premier League title when we've got you know, every rich club in the world outspending us, we've got the sixth highest wage bill, and we are competing for a title. I mean, I just I, I love being an Arsenal fan at the moment, and I know that these moments in the Europa League are sad, but I think hopefully it's going to be for the greater good. And like Sunday's the key one, you know, win Sunday. That's like our League Cup final for the rest of the season. Win that game, and it's on. It's advantage Arsenal. Sad being in Europa League. Wow. You know, I get it. Trust me. When you've stayed at the Four Seasons, you do not want to stay at the Roadside Motel. I use this analogy all the time on the show. I want my fluffy slippers and I want my bathrobe and I want my turndown service with my chocolate on the pillow. Right? Yeah. Um, so we're not, we haven't been perennial winners. We haven't, we haven't, we haven't. And I think what's been lost along the way is that We're still a big club doing small things in the Premier League. City are a small club doing big things in the Premier League. That is the difference. But it's not like we haven't spent money and invested. You know, we've whiffed on a few as well. But I just think that at this point, with this team and this manager, it's time to deliver. When you're in this position, 
always be closing, as Alec Baldwin said in Glengarry Glen Ross. Always be closing. Otherwise, yeah. you do start to breed that different mentality. Let me um let me ask you this real quick. We've got a few minutes left here. You're listening to the Highbury Squad, of course. Uh, 200 of you in live chat on a Friday night is not bad at all. Hit that like button if you're enjoying the conversation um, with Pedro. I hope that he's still, um, uh, you know, is happy with his decision to come on the show today. I'm picking because I really want to know. No, like, I love, I love having. We're we're very uh, we're very like minded in so many ways, but in in this regard, you know, I actually think that if Manchester United, if we don't win the Premier League, we finish second. They've won the League Cup. They're still in the Europa League and the FA Cup. Hell, if they win one more of those trophies that they're in, what would you say if I said to you? Their their season would be more successful than ours. Would you think I'm crazy? No, I don't. I I think that it, like winning trophies is uh, is a currency. I think that we're clubs. Uh, I think we're two clubs in very different situations at the moment. You know, they've been throwing money at, uh, at their project for years. They've got um, you know they've got World Cup winners in their squad. But if you ask me, would I change my our season for Man United? No. Would I change our squad for Man United's? No. Would I change the coach? No. Do I think that Man United are going to be a problem over the next three, four years? Yeah, because they throw 300 million at their manager every summer. And I think Ten Hag is a is a good manager. But I think the season that we've had is special. And I think Arsenal is back on the map. Like we're now mm. a, a, a proper top four side and we're a title contender and we'll be a Champions League contender next year. Um I think Man United have had a lot of luck this season. I think they've had some of that Tottenham luck that they got last year. You know, everything's kind of rolled for them. Um, I think they, they've got an old squad. I think they've got a, a big job to do to get their squad up to the standard of Manchester City and Arsenal. But I, I would I would take the journey that we're on over there as any day of the week. Yeah, I love the journey that we're on. But I think that we're sometimes muddying the water with our disdain for Manchester United and the old school rivalry, which I like that it's coming back. I like the digs between the managers. Let's get this rolling, people. This is where we want to be. I want Ten Hag having a little bit of a dig at us um, because we're bothering people. We're under their skin. We've seen it from Pep as well. He's a good manager. And I would say... In his first season, getting rid of Ronaldo, that it's like a mirror image, he and Arteta, right? Get rid of Aubameyang, we've never looked back since. They get rid of Ronaldo, they've never looked back since. Their superstar player is shining. Our superstar um, young English player is shining too. Um, but also, if he wins another say, trophy in his first season, Pedro, that's huge. What Sorry, would you on. say about their? What would you say about their league run? I mean. They've got more experienced players than us. They spent 250 million. Mm. Uh, they've conceded more goals than West Ham. I think they're 13th or 14th in the league after a total defensive rebuild. They've they've shed seven goals against Liverpool, who have been awful this season. They're a, they're a mid-table side, and then Liverpool lost to Bournemouth the week after, uh, and and then Real Madrid. Like league-wise, I don't I don't know. I I, I feel like they've they've focused on one player who's absolutely blown up. Like it's all gone through Rashford this season. Mm -hmm. um, Casemiro is 31. Ericsson is 31. I mean, this team shouldn't have fallen away in the Premier League like they have, but they have, you know, they they, they, they were in contention and now they've dropped yeah. away. I, I think that is, um, okay, to your point, they're in all competitions. 
right? They've also had some injuries, and Casemiro's been an idiot. You know, people talk about Thomas Partey being important to our midfield. Casemiro has become fundamentally important to Manchester United's midfield. I actually think they've opted to go for trophies knowing that the league has kind of been out of their hands. I think they they knew they were there or thereabouts, what, a month ago? They were in, what were they, five points behind us, six? Um they were but, in the challenge, weren't they? I mean, really. I, mean, I thought that I was I was starting to really worry about them, to be honest with you. Same here, yeah, I agree. Um, so I think they've now they've they're going for the trophies. It's been so long for them. Last time they won, what was it? Not Van Gaal FA Cup or was it Mourinho's double, the Europa and the League Cup? One of those. It's been seven years, I think, since they've actually won something. I mean, it's crazy to think that. And who'd have thought that with United? This is why, like when there's a trophy in front of you and you have the opportunity to win it, try and grab it when you can because you just don't know when you're going to be there um, again. Uh, okay, so let's get you out on these ones real quick. Um, do you care right now about performance versus results? At this stage, when we know this team can play dazzlingly in a half against Fulham or destroy Tottenham by half time or Liverpool, you know... Um, have the ability to play sexy old school Arsenal champagne style. Do you give zeros about that? Do you just want the points on the board? Give me 11 1 0 wins that are absolutely painful to watch, and I'll take them. <laughs> I don't care about performance right now. I love the champagne football, uh, but I, I don't think it matters right now. Just get the win. It's all about wins. If we, had a, if we have 11 1 0 wins, no one will care. No one will care how lucky we are on the way in. We just need to get the wins. It's all about points now. Okay. Um, let's get some of your thoughts on uh, some different things. I've prepared a little bit of a quick fire question for you. Um, who do you think is our most overrated player this season? Ooh, overrated player. Um, it's really difficult because there, uh, there have been, there have been, I think, um, it's going to be a bit controversial. I mean, it'd be controversial anyone that you pick. I think, uh, I think we overlook Zinchenko giving the ball away a lot. <laughs> I think he's. I can. I, I agree. I love him. I agree. But I'm like, the, I, I go into the comments after a game, and I'm like, everyone's talking up about how amazing Zinchenko's been, and I'm like, he gave the. He's he has a lot of turnovers for a player that has this sort of prestige, and sometimes I feel like um, we overrate him and we don't properly criticize some of his poor performances. Yeah, see, now he's got that old school, George Graham, loudmouth, passion, Tony Adams, I'm going to break you, as Kevin, brock you, as Kev would say. Um, but here's some of his passing in the last three games has been horrendous and he gets away with it. Because I think yeah. what he does well outweighs some of those errant passes. But I like that answer. Very nice. Um, who do you think is our most underrated player this season? Lots of Ramsdales, by the way, Pedro, in the chat on the uh, on the last one. Overrated. Yeah. I don't think he's overrated. I think everybody just knows what you're getting with Aaron Ramsdale. I don't think it's a, it's a big secret. Um, I think um, underrated is Eddie Nketiah uh, and what he did when he came in. I think that everybody's kind of got this weird thing. Not everybody. There's, there's a strong group of people that called him League One Eddie that don't want to let it go. Um, I think the most successful part of our season will always go down as the gap between Gabriel Jesus getting injured and Gabriel Jesus mm. coming back into the side. And 
we didn't really miss a beat. You know, I, I don't think Eddie is Gabriel Jesus, but I think he is 70 or 80% of the player. And I think he put in a great performance. I thought his all-round game was brilliant. Um, he missed a few chances against Manchester City, which probably ultimately cost him um, his place in the side. But I think he's been really good. I think he's underrated. I think he had a good season and he deserves a little bit more credit. Mm. Yeah, like, listen, when Jesus went out injured, we all thought the sky was falling. It's incredible, actually, to think that, you know, we were able to sustain our push, our results, our performances without him considering the impact that he had on the pitch off the pitch with the ball without the ball the the guy's just been incredible and credit to eddie you know but you could see that just disappearing a little bit before the injury uh for me it's gabrielle i think he's been brilliant at the back and i think after his disappointment in the world cup to kind of pick himself up and play the way he has He's just been so impressive. Tom Canton and I did a show actually earlier in the season because there were some Arsenal fans who wanted him sold to Juventus. So we did this whole show, myth-busting, about Gabriel. And um, I just think that he has every potential to be one of our players of the year. I just think he's been brilliant. I, I actually would, I would shift to that as well. He's so underrated that I didn't even think about him. That's a really good shout. Yeah, Gabriel, because I had my I had my concerns about him earlier on in the season, and he's been an absolute monster. Yeah. Well, look at us agreeing now. What's happening? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, this is uh, it's completely out of order. Okay, impactors or substitutes? You into the new marketing buzzwords? The new, you know, I never use low block. I refuse. Like it's like when um, you know the high press. I love all these marketing buzzwords in football as well. What what's your take on all the language changes? I, I work in I work in advertising. I read corporate books. <laughs> I loved it. I was like, yes. <laughs> it's like uh, it's a very sort of uh, liberal take on changing language to make everybody feel more included. I, I liked it because I, I, you can see it grates him because he's you know when people are like, you drop Martinelli. He's like, no, no, I didn't. I didn't drop him. I rotated him because he'd had too many games. And I think he gets really annoyed that, um, that by sitting on the bench, you're somehow um, a lesser player. And I, I, I like that he's, that I like that he's always experimenting with words, with like putting trinkets in the dressing room. He's always trying to innovate um, the game. And uh, it, it sounds a bit crap when he says it. because <laughs> it, it is, He is a little bit David Brent, let's be honest. But um, I, I like where it, uh, you know, it comes from a place of goodness. And I yeah. like I like the impactors. Yeah, I I um I'm wondering if we do end up winning the Premier League, the title of the season review will be the impactors. Um, so we'll have the invincibles, uh, and the impactors uh, that we can lord and revere for years and years uh, to come. Listen, I, I like it too. Being in the film industry, I mean the filmmakers all the time. I at first I thought he was crazy with the bulb and the transmission, and then when you see the season you're like bring out all the bulbs bring out the light bulbs bring out the speakers i love the crazy part of him I, the best bosses i've ever had are the ones with a little bit of an edge that take you out of your comfort zone um and absolutely love that so yeah uh we'll get you out on this last one how and it's a fun one everyone will you have fun on this show come on 
How much have you enjoyed Spurs failing to win another trophy this season? Oh, Does it rank for you? God, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. You know what I love the most about it? Like it's quite stressful when people on the internet go after you. And I've I've had it over the years for for lots of things. But the um the Antonio Conte uh superfan club is one of the most obnoxious. And there were a lot of Arsenal fans that were part of that club that were blowing up my mentions about how incredible he was going to be. And there were a lot of Arsenal fans that were like, we should have picked him. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hate on what's going on at Arsenal because I'm watching what's gonna happen at Spurs. Antonio Conte is the obvious answer. It's a, it's a it's a layman's answer. It's like we'll just put Antonio Conte in charge and, and he'll win. There's there's no respect for what it takes to build a, a winning machine at a Premier League club. He was a massive mismatch from the start. It was never going to work out, um, and it's been a total and utter failure. And it's going to get worse if he finishes top four because he might stay on there. He's been a disaster. <laughs> Now Spurs might have to sell Harry Kane this summer. I think it's absolutely delicious. And Spurs are back to ground zero. You have to do the hard work in the Premier League if you want to get to the top. Spurs don't want to do the hard work anymore. And now they're now they're going to pay the price for it. And I like rolling the dice on Nuno, Mourinho and Conte. When you've got <laughs> Harry Kane up front, it is delicious. So yes, I'm interested. I, th- I love that. And you know what? I do, I think one of the most precious things it has been how they've wasted the harry kane and son years beautiful i mean especially i don't care what anyone says kane is a great player yeah i i said to kevin i said you know what to finish them off completely you know like a karate kid sweep the leg style right i would love it if we put up pulled off another soul campbell and a few people took, have been saying that yeah i that would kill that would kill that club dead they're finished They've missed their boat, their window. They got rid of their exciting young manager who took them to a Champions League final and they fired him. That's how large they got, right? I would love it if we did a a cheeky, hey, Harry, don't have to move. You can stay exactly where you are, mate. We should put a bid in. Even if it's going nowhere, we should put a bid in just to to rile them. Like, you think because we're at a weak spot, we're going to do this? (laughs) Yes. We had a few uh, Tottenham fans listening on the show at the start of the season, around Christmas time after that, they've disappeared. I have no idea where Danny D is. I've Ethelston still comes in, but uh, yeah, it's... Uh, Jed Spence, it's, Perisic, Forster, Richarlison. I they mean, won the transfer what? window though, Pedro. They won the year. transfer window. So funny. It's so oh funny. Oh my God, it's just so brilliant. Um, right, that is that. Do you agree with Pedro? Are you happy? Is the loss in the Europa League a blessing in disguise? Let's keep the conversation going on our YouTube channel. Hit those comments up. We'll share them with Super Kev next week. And we will also get Kev's take on this. I can tell you right now, he's not going to be happy with a whole bunch of you, including Pedro, me thinks. So look out for a video from Super Kev coming close to a screen near you next week. Um, Let everyone know where they can find you if they've been living under a rock. Uh, you can find me at Lagrove or on the Arsenal Opinion podcast that we uh, that we publish three times a week at the moment. Nice. And what you got, guy? What you guys got coming up this weekend? Are you going to be just talking about the game? Anything fun coming up? Anything uh, you want to share with the crew? Yeah, my team, St. Louis City SC. We're top of the league. Uh, we got the chance to make history by being the first expansion team ever to win four on the bounce. So we got a home game against the Earthquakes. 
So uh, fingers crossed we can do the business there. And uh, I can see teams top of the league on both sides of the Atlantic. Oh, I love that. And I don't like the earthquakes at all because I've followed Galaxy for so long and they are Tottenham to Galaxy fans. So, yeah. Um, thanks so much for joining, Pedro. We appreciate you. Uh, hopefully we'll do another chat once the season ends and then we can revisit all this. Uh, don't forget, guys, to go give our friends at Zenith Coins a visit and also been using Ruth's art tonight. So go give Ruth a little bit of love at ruthbeckart.com or at ruthbeckart on social. And you can see a lot of her fun stuff. And she has given Highbury Squad listeners a lifetime discount of 20%. Just use Highbury Squad when you make your purchase. Thank you so much, Ruth, for letting us use uh, your art and to all of our Arsenal artists. Fran and Llewellyn um, as well. Go check out their stuff. Um, you can find it on our Talented Gooners playlist on the YouTube channel. Pedro, thanks so much, mate. Have a wonderful weekend. You too. Here's to three points against Palace and have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for listening. At ease, everyone. At ease. Mind the gap between the train and the platform. Please stand clear of the discussion doors. The next stop is Highbury Squad. <laughs>